Why did three guys cross the road? We were just finishing at Jinya Ramen, and we were going back to the afternoon session at PodCamp 2020. Wow, so that's, that's actually literally, we did have to cross the road to do that. We did, yes. Anyways, welcome to episode 19. I'm Matt, uh, guy number one. This is uh, Noah over here with the lovely second part of the intro with guy number two. And our producer, guy number three, Ryan Bond. Those are the three guys in the pool shed. And we did cross the road from Jinya Ramen House to go to PodCamp. If you've never been to PodCamp, we're going to tell you what it is right now. Are we going to talk about our ramen experience at all? Uh, sure, we can We can plug it in. Jinya Ramen, um, great spot. I'd say the prices were reasonable. It's in Toronto. It's in Toronto, so it's slightly on the expensive side for ramen noodles that I tend to be able to get at Walmart for approximately 75 cents. Um, I'd say there is a difference, though, in the noodles. They were better. The quality noodles. of noodles you're getting from... The, the quality was there, but was it... Let, let's just do the quick math here. <laughs> What the fuck is going on here? Uh, okay, keep going. So, but is the quality 14 times better than Walmart? Yes, because I find this. If you were, so when you, when you say you got ramen noodles from Walmart, which you bought instant noodles, are they, is it actually ramen? I think or so. Or is it, or is it because like ramen broth, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably like boiled and brewed for you know, all day long where you're just adding Insta hot water. You're putting water in it, Bond. Yeah, how do you think they made the powder? They made the powder from something that probably boiled all day but long. I but I don't think they're using powder in the restaurants, though. I think they're actually boiling it with, like, bones and... You may uh, be correct, bones and... but at the end of the day, you're not answering my question. <laughs> Was that ramen that you had, not even 14, 14 times, not even 14 times, probably, like, 19 times better than the Walmart you've had at Walmart? Because I'm not going to lie, I found some great brands at Walmart, and I do enjoy a nice bowl of ramen every once in a while. I would absolutely say this ramen restaurant was way better but was it 19 times better that's the question i want to know because so, for me it wasn't 19 it might have been about might have been about 13 14 times better high but, teen, but my question yeah. is how how do you even like where would you go to a place where you like and justify that this is 20 times better than something when it's just really is it better or is it not better okay so like if i'm going out to let's so say like, the local pub and eatery over here um for a burger I yeah. usually expect it to be, on average, about six times better than, <laughs> than McDonald's hamburger, <laughs> and I would say it is. So uh, that's interesting because I, that's definitely like you all heard the expression. How like, else does money value, Matt? Like a thousand, like this was a thousand percent better. So so that means ten times better. So how would you like? That's this is how you go. You six times, seven times, nine times. In my head, I'm always evaluating and how do you, everything. How do you justify that? It's all about the price. I'm a cheap guy. I watch oh, where my money fair. goes. Which is fair. Uh, would I go back to eat ramen again there? Absolutely, I would. Um, would I be happy about the price? Absolutely not, because I'm never happy about the price of anything I pay for. So Yours was there's 15 that bucks, right? I, let's just... Okay, guys. If I'm going to review Jinya <laughs> on Google, I'm going to give them five stars. I went... I'm a local guide on Google. No, not a big deal. I'm also a local guide, so suck it. But... This is lower, local, local lower guides... Corner. Local guide corner. Um... And I thought, uh, I gave it four stars. Um, I said it was a good atmosphere. It was busy, but we were served right away. Um, we got a nice, beautiful corner uh, booth. and I th- Waiter was fantastic. Waiter was fantastic, friendly, efficient. Didn't do too much chit-chat because I don't I don't care for that small talk. <laughs> you know, when you're paying for the he bill. Was, he was in and out. He knew what he was there to do, and he got the job done. And uh, I tipped him accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> Can we give it how much times better? Or uh, how much times accordingly did you tip? He was exactly what I expected him to be. Wow, so that's a 15%. That's 15% on the nose. Uh, I actually stepped my game up and I went with 16%. Whoa! 16%. I've never heard that before. That's a lie. I went with 15 guys. <laughs> okay. um, so, Noah, do you have any last thoughts on Yeah, so I was really impressed with it. Uh, as soon as I walked in, they actually had the front part of the menu was devoted to just vegan options, which I really appreciated. And I'm not going to lie, they had some really nice pictures, which is what ended up swaying me to get the ramen that I ended up getting. But it was absolutely delicious. Uh, to me, the restaurant experience isn't just about the food. It's the people around you. It's the atmosphere. Absolutely. And I thought I really felt like I was eating ramen when I was there. Um, the server was great. The people around us were actually having really pleasant conversations. I don't know if you listened in at all. But one of the things that no, I, I always find a little bit confusing for myself, mathematically, even though I know this is the way it is, that 100% is actually twice as good. Yes. But yeah, anyways, that was how I felt, <laughs> was how I felt about the ramen plates. 
are you guys ready to dive into potentially life-changing, earth-shattering event that was podcast, PodCamp 2020? So the first thing I'll ask, um, you know, I'll get you guys to maybe describe PodCamp, but before we actually dive into what happened when we went, how did this even, how did we decide that we were going to attend this event? How did we find out about it? So let's start off with what is, no, actually, Bon, I'll ask you. Because I heard Noah, you want to talk about it? Well, I just want to say how we first heard about it, and then I want Bond to give okay, you an overview. Okay, so how, how did we first, because uh, I'll give you credit for that, yeah. actually. So, so. basically, um, one of our most devoted listeners, my cousin Joe, my, not my cousin Joe, my cousin Sarah, she's married to Joe, and Joe's an absolute beauty. He's one of those guys who is in his 30s, but his hair is like silver. And I say silver and not great. So he's a silver fox. He's a silver, fo- hey, silver fox. He's got silver hair and he's got wicked haircut. And he's just, uh, he's the definition of the cool millennial dad. Um, yeah, he, uh, we were at a family, we were at a family event and I told him about my podcast and me being the youngest in my family, I always go to these events and they're always looking at me like, what's this idiot doing now? You know? <laughs> and I told him about my podcast. He was a really big fan of it. He loves podcasts. And he told me, he said, look. There's two things you need to do. You need to get on Podbean, the podcast network, and you need to go to PodCamp 2020. And that's I, I pitched to you guys. And, and so, up. but so, what were his ties with PodCamp? How did he know about PodCamp? He knows a lot of people in the podcast space, and they say that PodCamp was like worth it. Or? So the way that PodCamp like, has had, he ever been to PodCamp? I don't know if he's ever been, but I know he's talked to people about it. And PodCamp used to be described as the premier event of the year. For all things podcast. Really? Yes. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that, yeah. So what is PodCamp, for those curious? PodCamp is a place where you go to have your dreams fulfilled. (laughs) Um, A podcaster's fantasy come true. Uh, Actually, it's none of those things. Whoa! Uh, PodCamp is just a place where podcasters can get together. There's lectures um, that's supposed to give advice for... uh, uh, aspiring podcasters and hosts out there and everything like that a uh, bunch of different lectures from how to edit a podcast to how to uh be better at it uh i really didn't think we needed to go as we're already fucking the best podcast out there clearly we are the number one podcast in the pool shed i number think we were the, the number shed. one podcast at podcamp <laughs> uh, i would agree <laughs> so i'll just start off the review right off the bat i was uh quite disappointed with podcamp wow uh i don't regret going but I was really expecting a lot more out of PodCamp, and I feel like I didn't end up learning a lot of new stuff like I'd hoped. Like, I think, I agree with you. Uh, I was, for the most part, sort of disappointed. I, I did end up ultimately having a good time. We had a great time. Um, but from the moment, so Noah and I, we kind of split up because there's three lectures per hour, and Bond went to the first one by himself, and uh, me and Noah went, and what did we learn from that? Absolutely nothing. Like, the girl literally talked about her own podcast, which wasn't very successful. And uh, then the other people in the room, like, it got hostile. They started calling her out. Remember the storyboarding? And she was saying how she storyboards, and the guy's like, wait, so you storyboard before you do the interview? And was literally just sort of trying to tear apart. And another guy was a bit combative with her. So do we now have a rival podcast, and that's hers, after you're calling her out publicly? Uh... No, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I I literally speak and I forget what I say. Did I say it was bad? I just said it wasn't very successful. Correct? Yes, but so, you said that you said her talk wasn't very good. It, no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, so we now have a pod or a podcast rival. No, like you know, congrats to her. I mean, she probably listens to us and thinks these three idiots don't know what they're talking about either. But I'm also not giving a lecture where other people. You know, I just felt she wasn't confident and she just wasn't well prepared i don't think she was well suited to give this lecture the lecture being storytelling through interviews now our podcast isn't very interview based so clearly we really had no purpose to be in that room but um it was just interesting uh people were yelling out i felt very uncomfortable and that it was at that moment where i had kind of already made up my mind saying i don't ever want to come back here but then we went to the next um uh, lecture and it was pretty great actually I think that it was inspiring, the panel that they had, um, some top dogs on like the CPC network and stuff. That panel was good. Um, and I, I found them very interesting. Did they tell us a lot of stuff we already knew? Sure. But they also gave us some tips on uh, equipment stuff, uh, programs to use, and more or less just kind of taught you to believe in yourself a little bit 
said, hey, we're not perfect, but we're up here giving a lecture. This could be you as well. Like our, our podcasts are pretty successful. Um, you can do it too. It's just, it basically takes, you know, believing in yourself and putting in the hard work. Is it my turn? Sure, you can talk. So, first of all, I want to state that, wow, I did not realize how pessimistic both of you were after PodCamp. I thought it was... No, no, I'm not saying after PodCamp, just after the first. I literally wrote in the group yesterday how pumped up I was about PodCamp. That is true. That is true. And you even said, when I came in here today to the studio, I was glowing. You have been glowing. I was amped. And I thank PodCamp for giving me that. Just from the get-go, the first impression I got, uh, it was very dissatisfying. And even after communicating with Bond, after the first one, he didn't find his first lecture too useful. <laughs> Bond was so, alone. And he was alone, right? So he's like double dreading it. And uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic about it. I was pessimistic about that particular lecture. And uh, I really honestly, like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm attacking that that woman for giving the lecture. But I feel bad for her. She knows. Like, but I, I just think... Even the last lecture, think about it. That guy literally came out and said, hey, I have essentially no idea what I'm doing or I don't know how to deliver this topic to you because I have people who do it for me. So what did we learn from him? But that was the number one networking lecture where we got to actually talk to people. to people. Um, and I wish that PodCamp was more of that. So sorry not to cut you off. but I want Noah to go back and tell me how happy he was about PodCamp. So first of all, when I first heard about PodCamp, I imagined... A room with a thousand people in it. I thought there was gonna be free food. I thought they were gonna be giving out free stuff. There's gonna be sponsors. There's gonna be people. I thought. I thought Joe Rogan was coming. I thought he was gonna be there. At least some like you, major you podcast. Him? You didn't so, see Joe? Was he there? You didn't see him? I, I didn't saw. see him. Something actually just to butt in. When we were in the first one, and there was probably what thirty people, maybe fifty. We'll say fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Wow, that's pushing it. <laughs> but Noah turns to me and says, "Where are all the people?" And it's funny that he also mentions. How he was thought there would be buffets of food. Well, he literally brought a six-course meal in his backpack, and he's opening Tupperwares and eating cabbage while this person's talking. Then he's playing with chairs. So I don't. I'm really confused because you seem bored. I'm also time. confused by when you say, "Oh, it was incredible." Because the first thing that we talked about when we got on lunch, I think you were the first one to say it. You said, "This place sucks." I think that you just don't like to promote yourself, which is fine. But when we were coming down the stairs, you said that was terrible. You said, God, that was awful. So that's all I'm going to say is that you're going to come well, on here and say how pumped up you were and how amazing PodCamp was. I just want the viewers to know the real you. But that's fine. That's fine because that's how I was when I first left. And, then, and I agree with you. We were changed as podcasters by the end of PodCamp. If PodCamp was a religion, I would be pff, PodCamp believer. A believer for sure. So I have a couple things to say and things that I've learned both with PodCamp and without, but for me, I don't want to come off like a conference snob, but been a bunch. I've attended about 15 conferences, and I don't know, have you ever attended a conference before? Hmm, yes. Okay, have you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize the room I was sitting in. Anyways, uh, I thought the things that we got, they had free coffee, which even though I didn't like that it was single-use cups, I still appreciate that they had that for people to drink coffee, and I've come to learn in my years that sometimes... An acute negative experience can actually lead to profound long-term benefit in the sense that, yeah, was I sitting there in the first lecture, second lecture, every lecture thinking, wow, I'm bored and I don't think I'm taking anything out of this? Absolutely. But after the fact, once I had time to digest what I, what I went through and I realized that the value we gained wasn't necessarily just about what we could learn, but it was the fact that people, if nothing else, the confidence we gained in that when we told other people that we had a podcast, they looked at us like we were the superstars. They said, wait, you already have a podcast? Yeah. And there was one kid, He he. this this guy inspired me. He was a young guy. I forget his name, but uh, such a sweet kid. He was maybe 10 years old. And him and his father came to PodCamp because he wanted to create a podcast that would talk about the drama that goes on in his school. And to me, seeing a young kid like that with a dream just reminded me of what we're all in it for. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's about spreading the message of the things that we believe in. And to me, I really appreciated that. I also really valued the idea of being able to see the other people that are like-minded in the chase that we're also on. And I think in a place like PodCamp, everyone is pretty much at zero. And as we were in some of those lectures, some of those rooms, I kind of looked around and I said, one person here is the next Joe Rogan podcast. 
Don't ever disrespect Joe like that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> one, one person in here, their podcast is going to blow up. And we don't know who it is, but we're in the same room as them right now. And we don't know when it's going to happen or how long it'll take. But, uh, yeah, I really, I really, really appreciate it. And if nothing else, I thought it was a really fun event for three guys in Foolish had to do together. Overall, I was happy that we were able to go there and bond as a podcast. Uh, I just, I, I think my expectations for it were so high that I was just let down. And I have a bad taste in my mouth because of it. The other thing was... That the grouping of people, like the, the profile that was there, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I felt maybe like a little bit of an outcast. You were an outcast. Um, but we were pretty quickly to be labeled as uh, frat boys. <laughs> uh, yes. I love that label. So, I, yeah, I live for that label. Uh, I'm actually so happy. Can you explain <laughs> how we got labeled that way? So we were in an improv um, lecture, and we did this improv exercise. And there was a, a girl, a lady beside me, and she was, I guess, not my partner, but, like, for the exercise we you were had to, doing. You had, you had to improv with her. I had to improv with her, and I labeled her as my therapist as I was a stressful drug dealer. Um, and then whatever, it ended. And then she was actually sitting behind us in the next lecture, and <laughs> she tapped on my shoulder and was like, be part of our group. So Bon and I were part of our group. And when they asked, it was like a discussion-based lecture. She asked us, oh, so what like, kind of podcast is yours? You know, I, I describe it as best as I can. Um, and then later on while we're talking, she says to Bon and I, you know, the frat boy market is massive. So you guys will have like such an advantage of that. And I'm just sitting there being like, oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> and at this point, I didn't think anything I said was like bro-ish or frat boy-ish, but I guess I came off in that sense. But uh, whatever, um, it is what it is. So all those frat boys out there, we are actually going to talk about partying today. So, so this, I'm, is a, this is a frat boy episode. I'm really starting to think that we are a frat boy <laughs> we podcast. We are a frat boy podcast. So that's fine. We like frat girls too. Frat people, yeah. Frat, yeah. frat everyone. Yeah, frat, yeah. frat pronouns. So overall, <laughs> I'm going to give PodCamp a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm going to change up the review strategy and I'm going to say that PodCamp was a 2.4 out of 5. Wow! Yeah, okay. Oof. My my review for um, PodCamp would be 5.6 out of 10. And so before we move on to the next topic, I just want to say that I actually learned this YouTube left a little bit earlier and you didn't see the whole the whole extent of what podcast could be and we missed today and today's actually the the podcast canadian podcast awards which we might i think we're nominated are we? so i i was talking to one of the people that decides on these and he <laughs> said that we didn't get nominated per se but we definitely were talked about by someone in the bathroom while someone that nominates people was there and um i spoke to someone who's been to podcast many years in the past and he said that it has been in decline and it used to be the the thousand person auditorium on Saturday. Like the, it used to be a massive, massive conference. That's what he said. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate because I think podcasting in itself, the way he, the reason he was describing its decline has to do with um, the saturation of the market. No, it was more funding, funding, funding. Yeah, because this is a the event put on by. I think it's put on by people at Ryerson, and they've been cutting funding for extracurricular activities ever since some of the recent governments have taken over, provincially. Interesting. Yeah. So Doug Ford is trying to kill three guys in a pool shed. Doug Ford is our number one enemy. He's our number one enemy, and we're his number one enemy, I guess. He's trying to take us. Down. I think we're number three hundred. Number three hundred is enemy. Number yeah. three 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 actually. Yeah. So does that does that take us beautifully into our next topic, which is Bernie Sanders? Nope. Um... Wow, see, that was an example of a shutdown right there. Yeah, that, that you, is. Do you want to talk about that? I have really nothing to say about American politics. Okay, we just wanted to talk. I think Bond's a huge Bernie fan, and we just want to talk that he won the Nevada primaries. He's won New Hampshire. He's shredding it, and we predict that Bernie Sanders could be the next Democratic elect. As of right now, it's looking like that, and I am a Bernie fanboy. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll admit that. I'm a Bernie fanboy just as much as I'm an Elon Musk fanboy. Yep. Uh, which is a pretty frat boy thing to be, I guess. Elon uh, Musk or Bernie? Or both? I think everybody. Just I think we're 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 frat boys now, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Keep crushing out there, Bernie. So one one of the perspectives that I said is I'm going to quote myself 
from, I believe it was 2016 when Trump won. And my quote, my what I said was, you can't have Bernie in 2020 if you don't have Trump in 2016 in the sense that it always, the politics... Like you need to see how bad it can be before you're going to choose the, the well, better option. And sometimes you you don't realize how much you need Bernie until you can see how bad it is with Trump exactly. If, they, if Hillary had won, Bernie wouldn't have won in 2020. With that being said, we're still a long way away. So that's pretty awesome though. But do you think that Bernie Sanders threw a pretty sweet party afterwards? Yes, Bon. Uh, I did hear that he, he threw a sick party, and I heard that all of the Las Vegas Raiders were invited, <laughs> whether they support him or not. They uh, all do. Mark Davis was wearing his white suit, which went beautifully with his bowl cut. Um, <laughs> but I wonder, for Bernie, being an elderly, uh, elder person, when did he give up partying? What was his prog- like? What do you think his progression? When, of partying when did he start partying? What what is he? How does he party now? When did he stop? And I whoa, guess whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do you guys think the elderly can't party? That's what I want to know. That is a good point. Yeah, well, you, I never you said, think you think the party stops? Did I say stop? You said stop. I meant um, continue. He always is party. The partying never stops. So I like party. You party forever. You bring up a very good point. I was. Many years ago, I went to a wedding in Germany for my cousin, and my uncle, who was 72 at the time, was up. He was the last one up, drinking, partying the whole night, and then he actually, I remember seeing him at breakfast the next day, and he was the most chipper person at breakfast at 9 a.m. Because so, he never went to bed. Well, that's He's what I mean. still up going. And he was 72, so you make up a good point. Just because you're old doesn't mean you don't still got it. Are you talking about breakfast? Well, it makes me want breakfast so bad. <laughs> but no, I agree, like... When when did you start partying? Like that's a, that's something now that you've had, you've been to so many parties. I can't remember. Like when when did you start actually partying? Should so we should we constitute first, what partying? What we're just, what my we're first party partying? was very clearly the much music dance parties at uh, the local oh, recreation shit. center. So so like for the listener, we're not just talking about like drinking. So my first well, if, if that's what constitutes a party for you, for me <laughs> that doesn't constitute a party. So year one, the year is nineteen ninety five. Um, I was born. That was my first party. <laughs> yeah, was your first yeah. party. That was a party in the delivery room. There was. Well, yeah, I was celebrating my birth. <laughs> it was my party. And since then, the parties just never stopped. Pretty much. I mean, the, the party has changed, year. though. The party has the changed. The party has evolved. So, arguably, yeah, partying is. You're someone somewhere I hear is always partying. That is true. Um, whether it be five o'clock here, or I think like. 2 a.m. in the Gambi, Gambia. In the Gambia, and Banjul would be around 2 a.m. right now. So, uh, <laughs> I would say my first real party was probably high school, just like everyone else's. Like, that's your real, like, when you're considering party. Because I guess it's a weird thing to say, because now I'm trying to say that you, you don't even call your birthday parties when you're six a party, but you still call them a party. So, but, but let's I don't about, even know where I'm going with this. I think. Bob, why don't you take it over and just constitute what we're referring to in terms of what a party is. I think is. what we're referring to party is as it's evolved for us as we've gotten older. So as you brought up, when we were younger, parties were just get-togethers at the bowling alley. No one was drinking alcohol because we were five years old. And we were all using the bumpers to, and just rocking down strikes left, right, and center. Turkeys all day. I've never used a bumper once <laughs> in my life. Well, I mean, then now everyone just knows you're a liar. They don't know that. I actually, never bowled with me. I actually would believe that Matt's never used the bumper. I think Matt life. still uses the bumper. <laughs> actually, fun fact, my girlfriend still likes to use the bumpers. That's why we don't go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, continue, Bon. Uh, so then, I think it progressed. After after a certain age, you kind of stop having those birthday parties. And then uh, they turn into random high school parties. So at high school parties, a lot of other people, not me, I was obviously follow the law. But there's some <laughs> underage drinking yeah, involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't partake in that. But uh, no, I know you for one did. Well, so I'd like to talk about, I guess, since both of you are weirdly beating around the bush about your first party, I'm going to talk about how it, how I was first introduced to it. So for me, I had older siblings. And I remember grade 8 was the year everything changed for me in the revelation. So in, in Ontario and in Canada, we have the D.A.R.E. program, which stands for Drug Assist. Drug Awareness Resistance Education, and that's given to us in grade six. And that's pretty much just brainwashing us to literally sign a contract saying that we'll never do any drugs or any substance, which I kind of think is twisted because we're all going to break it. So because we signed that contract, is that why they can arrest us now? (laughs) Like, is that what constitutes the illegality of the substances? They say, oh, yeah, 2006, June 1st, you signed the D.A.R.E. contract, and now you're going away. I mean, Uh, I've never been to uh, 
I've never been to court. Yep. So I'm just saying, do they pull out your Dare contract? <laughs> I wonder what they do with those, yeah. Does the lawyer... Because I think you give them back to Dare. Dare has them. I thought we got to... I think we got to keep Maybe them. Maybe we kept them. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I remember... So even until grade eight, I was still in the same mindset where I was thinking I was never going to drink. I was never going to smoke weed. I was never going to do any substance. And then in grade eight, my parents went away for the weekend and both of my brothers threw parties on the same weekend and I think both of them got the cops called to our house. It was a legendary weekend. I actually had my first beer because I came home from Canada's Wonderland, which is an amusement park. And I walked in there, and my brother was having a party. And when I walked in, everyone thought I was the coolest guy ever. And I remember not knowing what drunk was and just thinking, wow, this is so cool. All these people who are four years older than me really think I'm a big deal. And I chugged my first beer ever. Out of the boot? No, it's out of a bottle. They they handed me a beer and they sang the song, which both of you remember we did a lot in high school. Was chug, chug mother, mother chug, chug mother. Yeah, it was chug along those lines. And I they sang the song. I drank it and I realized, wow, I have a lot of partying ahead of me. But my first actual so for me that was the one I I walked into. And then in grade eight, I remember like Halloween parties were the first times when some people would start sneaking a little booze to a party. And then in grade nine, that's when it was no holds barred. I threw. I threw the New Year's party. I think we went to a Halloween party. I threw the New Year's party, and then pretty much by grade nine summer, it was full send, full send. I think that's the first time I ever came to one of your parties. Was the New Year's one? Was the summer between grade nine and grade ten. Okay, yeah. Um, I threw some sweet parties in grade nine and ten. But uh, yeah, that was probably the first time like I had partied, party, party. I remember having like those uh, Molson Canadian cold shots. Cold shots were classic uh, back in the day. And then I you was, don't see them as much anymore. I was mixing out peach schnapps. Oh, no, I was taking shots of peach schnapps and, and mixing uh, spiced rum, Captain Morgan spiced rum, with the orange juice that you make from concentrate. Like, thinking, like I, I was sick. Like, I threw up. Like, <laughs> I think there's probably p- pictures circulating of me passed out on your porch or some shit. I think there is a picture on Facebook, yeah. Whoa, I, it's on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> my whole life I remember. Over. I remember my first party. I remember getting invited to it. And I was one of the naive grade nines that I didn't think anyone was actually drinking alcohol. We didn't realize, yeah. I didn't realize, but I remember, like, even my close friends, like, you know, had brought alcohol, and I didn't know there'd be <laughs> alcohol at this party. And as someone who, at the time, like, I was actually yeah. dealing with a lot of, like, anxiety and stuff. So I I was so scared that, like, the cops would come and I'd be arrested and my life would be over. Well, I thought he was going to so I actually called, I, I called my parents. Or I called, I think, it was, I think it was my dad I called. And I was like, hey, like, there's people drinking at this party like, <laughs> like, i don't know what to do and like i he 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 actually came and picked me up did he pick you up yeah I, yeah yeah so that is was, a parent's dream that's all they ever want from their kids I, ever alcohol at a party calls will pick you up i remember i didn't I, like so it was definitely eye-opening for me because i was in such an unexpected state at that point but i wanted to fit in i wanted to be cool and uh, there was, was all this peer pressure but i said no just like Dare taught me. To. And what, it was like a week later that you had a There was beer. another party a week later. I went to that <laughs> one. I didn't tell my parents there was <laughs> any Like You thought about it. You're like, wow, all those people laughing at me on the front lawn. That probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't call my dad. No, I actually, through all of grade nine, I actually dealt with a lot of anxiety about drinking. And I didn't go to a lot of parties because so You didn't of, know what to expect? Like, I didn't know what to expect. So I actually ended up, uh, make a long story short, I kind of backed out of a lot of... I didn't make Plans, a lot of friends. Like, no, no, I didn't make a lot of friends. I wasn't really super in with a lot of people. I ended up uh, just kind of throwing myself into more sports and all that kind of stuff. And snubbed for athlete of the year. Damn it! I got snubbed for athlete of the year. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Well, we would have we would have been playing lacrosse together in grade nine. Yeah. So I was showing up to practice just hungover, <laughs> <laughs> and Bomb is a top notch athlete out there, and I I'm coming out with my jock strap on, fucking top of my shorts. I was like the class clown on the team. So. But I'm the glue guy. The glue guy. Hey, keep the team together. Glue guy. So I will say, because um, I think for me in grade nine, I probably got drunk the first time, but I wouldn't have been drunk very frequently. The, the parties would have still been few and far between, and we were transitioning from the weekends, which would have consisted of getting home and playing Xbox or PS3 with all your boys, to all of a sudden now, where every now and then there'd be a house party. And I think that was kind of, high school was all about house parties and bush parties. Bush parties were their own legend. So, like, bush parties, I only actually went to one in my first couple years of university, or not university, high of school. high school, uh, because I was, as I said, I was terrified. So, I was that kid, like you were saying, like, the old parties were on PlayStation or Xbox. I'd be putting on my headset while everyone else is out drinking and realizing, <laughs> why the fuck do I not have anyone to play with? Yeah. they're all out doing other stuff. But uh, I ended up going to a few parties and whatnot, but... 
it it was very difficult for me to do. It was, it was I had to force myself to get out there. Well, and I think it, it is tough. it is really interesting because the first challenges you face, the first challenge you're gonna face as a kid that's trying to party is, where am I gonna get my alcohol? Because we're all obviously underage, so you either need someone who's an older sibling or if someone has a fake ID somehow. Um, and then the next thing is, where am I gonna go? Who's who? Who are the parents that are actually gonna allow people to have parties? And for me, the reason that I think I got so indoctrinated at a young age was because I had older siblings, so I was around it through them. And it also gave me a way to get alcohol, as I could. I could ask my older siblings. Oh, so you're incriminating your older brothers right now. <laughs> yeah. Interesting how you're just so willing to throw people under the bus in this podcast, Noah. Well, and so, but, but another, a third thing is there were a lot of people whose parents were really strictly against them drinking underage, which very much, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, I want to say, evolution to witness because some of your friends they would they would hang out with you and it would be a dead secret they would their parents wouldn't know and then eventually their parents would come around and become more cool but i guess so more cool so you say, <laughs> yeah, those other parents sucked well i i will say there definitely is a stereotype that it the is cool, cool parent well it is cool which would be like the houses we were going to to have the parties they'd be the cool parents yeah and, and cool doesn't necessarily mean a good or a bad thing i'm not going to tell anyone how to parent or how not to parent At the end of the day it, it it is challenging for parents and and kids to get through that and they're I think as you get older, there's an appropriate age to have that conversation. But um, yeah, let's talk. Let's let's maybe move more towards our mid high school years and see how our partying. Can well, I think you, you just brought up a great point. Kind of, there might be people out there like me who did actually have a tough time kind of getting into the party scene. Maybe they're a little stressed and anxious about what could happen. And so for me, my, my best option was that I was actually honest with my parents throughout the whole thing. Like I didn't go to a ton of parties. So whenever I would go, I would tell my parents, hey, like I'm going here. There's probably going to be alcohol. And my parents were, they didn't want me to like not have friends. So they kind of let me go. But they were very strict, like don't drink too much alcohol. Like don't drink any alcohol. They, they gave me that speech, obviously. <laughs> and then it would always turn out, though, that like my dad was very much like, okay, I'm going to stay awake. Like you call me the second if you need it. So it was it was good to have that. This is, Okay. Uh, I got a funny story actually about something like that. Uh, so I I didn't really approach it with my parents. I kind of hid it from them, not for very long. Um, you can only sneak around being drunk for so, so long, long until you slip. Well, up. that's the thing, and and so um, the first time I remember trying to like, I don't know even know how it came out. I I know we were going to a kegger, and you needed ten bucks to get into the keg. And so I had asked my mom for $10, right, naturally. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, what do you need 10 bucks for? It's so weird to think that you wouldn't have had even $10. I don't even have $10 now. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked her for 10 bucks, and she asks me, well, like, what's the 10 bucks for, right? Like Pizza and chips. <laughs> and so I think I made up something, and I was just... I think I used, I did not, I wasn't like smart enough to be like, yeah, pizza, chips, like whatever. I think I said like party favors or something like that. Something fucking stupid. <laughs> and she's like, what kind of party favors? I was like, ah, like mom, like, you know, like, and then eventually she clued on and she was pretty pissed and I, I didn't go to the party. Oh, she didn't let you go. Uh, it wasn't that she didn't say no. I was just kind of like, you didn't she wasn't going to give me the 10 bucks basically. And I didn't know where else to get 10 bucks from. <laughs> and and I knew that she'd be mad, like essentially if I went without her saying it. So I just chose to be like, well, fuck, I guess I can't go. Whose whose kegger was it? Uh they haven't signed a confidentiality okay. uh, agreement. I just can't remember. I can't imagine a kegger in high school. Uh, I yeah, specifically it. remember that one, and I specifically remember what the the there was actually a pretty big fallout of that kegger. That wasn't a kegger though. I thought they just bought beer. Uh, you're right, but how, well, how do you even know? You said you don't know what you want. You don't even about know. So I, you know the party I'm talking about, where there was a, there was an issue. So like a parent uh, bought beer for all the kids. A bunch of other parents rallied around and were very upset. And you think that's about the same party that. I'm talking about? Yeah, that's my guess. Is that you're talking about that party? Uh, I'm talking about a Halloween uh, yeah, birthday party. One, yeah. Really? Well, I don't. I I wouldn't have known that happened because yeah, so I, I, remember I didn't that. even make it to that stage. 
Yeah, so it was essentially like... <laughs> you know, like, I, I was gone before that even happened. Yeah. Really, I didn't even know that happened. That's interesting that you learned that 10 years later. So I yeah. think I think we can kind of dive into our, maybe, that was our early years of high school, now let's dive into grade 11 and 12, because that's when all of a sudden we started partying almost... Well, that's the thing. Every, every weekend, like, even at prom, they said no drinking, and I remember me, and then there was two other guys. <laughs> if we got, we got and, and Justin. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the principal was giving us shit for smelling like booze. I, I don't want to go there yet. I want to still talk about, like, grade 11 and 12 for a little bit further and then we'll because that was the end of grade 12 that yeah. was prom we, we have a, we have at least two minutes to talk about prom, prom yeah grade, grade 11 yeah, and yeah. 12 I uh, definitely became more open and willing to consume alcoholic beverages in a very safe and practiced manner uh, yeah I, I, that's, that's t- at time I was going through a lot of changes um, I quit the swim team to be able to spend more time with my friends and party yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> A lot of people think that was a big thing. Uh, for me, it was. You were fast at swimming. I, our relay team ended up coming like sixth in Ontario. Me good. personally, for like the backstroke, I came in like sixth in Ontario or something like that. So, I mean, just overall, it was. I gave up a lot to pursue uh, friendships, and uh, look where that's got me. <laughs> yeah, you got two barely friends. Yeah, two fucking business partners, and we're all drinking. <laughs> so I'm not gonna say that I was the coolest guy in high school. But I will say... I will... That's... I think, see... This is something that, for our listeners who don't know Noah, I think this is complete bullshit. <laughs> because, like, when he says stuff like that, like, I wouldn't say, like, I was the coolest guy, but you fucking well knew you were the coolest guy in the school. Like, you already announced that pretty much. Like, oh, you know, I had a Like, when I had a party, everyone said I was the coolest guy. So you know you're the cool guy. I get you're being modest, but let, let's compare apples <laughs> to apples here because, like, you are a very popular guy. Well... And so this is what I was going to say. I think a, a, a lot of due to my popularity was that I had a house that was able to throw a lot of parties and bring a lot of people in. And I think that's kind of, that's a, it's a really effective way to to attain social status in high school is to be able to have a house. So I was very fortunate for my family that they, they gave that a lot to me. I want to talk, I guess we'll talk about prom because that was a legend. That's a legendary party. Prom was a legendary and, after party. And I think ideally... That is a first opportunity for a lot of kids who maybe didn't get to party in high school because prom should have everyone. We had 98% of the graduating class came to our prom party, and it was called Promageddon. You you did something incredible that night, and I think you had a really good time too. I, I mean, know, overall, I don't think I'm legally allowed to talk. About it. I don't think <laughs> Matt can legally speak about what happened. I don't think you can either. Actually, uh, <laughs> overall, it was a pretty sweet night. It was cool, like party with a bunch of people that you went to high school with and never really got to party with, and like see them in their uh, in their happy place. I guess I don't know. That's a weird thing to say, but like, I think it, I think the coolest thing about prom was that the people you didn't think were your friends were at that party, and I I had a lot of different. I mean. I guess this sounds so stupid, but like our friend group, I guess, was like the popular people, the popular, the popular kids, whatever it is, what it is. And I would say that doesn't mean that everyone's bad person. I mean, I was a pretty bad person, so I had necessarily maybe a lot of enemies. Um, and there was a lot of people, though, I had talked to who weren't in our friend group, but I still got along, and it was cool to just see them in that atmosphere. Um, although the people that you know didn't like me. Like, they still hated me at that atmosphere. Can you tell them what happened to us before prom? <laughs> before prom, yeah. so uh, so we went. There was a party um, before prom, and it, that was actually nice too. So we we're all in our suits. First, actually, we went to uh, somebody's house, um, our friend Julia's house, and that was where everyone kind of got with their partners. That was an intimate setting. Take yeah, picture. parents of, take photos. Then we all headed over to. Um, another person's house and they had they tried to host as many people as possible they had a huge and that was that property. was over um, on like the Hamilton Burlington Lakeshore and really uh, nice. it was like a beach house and it was awesome in the backyard right prom happens mostly in June I think yeah, you know ours was in May really I think oh was, no you graduate in June yeah I think it was in May End okay May. so prom is in May so the weather is weather. just starting to get nice so you're in a suit the sun I remember it was glorious it was out shining it was, it was so like Nice on your skin, and uh, uh, that's how I remember it. And so we were obviously having a good time. We, we were just, crushing beers like, all day. I think the probably we had like two pints. I remember actually, even before all that, we were at. Damn! Oh my! I'm sorry. Remember all this now? We actually were at a party at like 9 a.m. We were we? boozing all day. We were at a pool party at 9 a.m. or like 10 a.m. And I remember because I at this time I worked at Fortino's. And 
I had, we had smashing beers all day. We're like, okay, eventually we finally got to go home and get ready. And so I'm heading back and uh, we stopped in Fortino's, me and another buddy of mine, because we got to get something to eat. And I remember that's where I worked. And I remember walking in, I'm just fucking hammered, right? Like, and I'm walking for Tino's. I remember thinking I'm the toughest guy like walking around and being like, it's prom day, baby. It's prom day, baby. I'm graduating. Like, and I walk into the back room, like, say what's up. Say what's up. Oh, fucking, it's prom day. And anyways, we grab whatever food and then we head back to another buddy's place, have more beers. Then we get dressed. Then we go to the other picture party. Then we went to the beach house party. And so it's safe to say we were like pretty smashed. And we had got, there was a limos picking us up we from that party. A party bus. Party we had a party bus. Yeah. bus. And so uh, me, Noah, and another guy, another buddy of ours, Jim Justin, um, were, you have to go in and the principal's there and they're kind of like checking you. <laughs> they smell, and they have security. They're smelling everyone's they breath. <laughs> they, uh, they pulled us aside and the principal was pretty upset with us. She said, her words, I think, from what I can remember, is that I am really disappointed in the three of you. <laughs> is what I can remember saying. Because I think she labeled us as the type of people who were going to do it. You guys are frat guys. And she was, <laughs> and she said she was hoping that we wouldn't. But, uh, yeah, she gave a pretty stern talking to us. Because people in front of us who were also drinking all day, they got in fine. We're like, oh, whatever, here we go. I made it in easy peasy, boys. Easy peasy. <laughs> easy lemon squeezy, baby. So, Bond from the honor roll. <laughs> anyways, needless to say, prom sucked, I'd say. Prom was awful. The actual was event there. was garbage. It was terrible. The dinner was but bad. But then we all headed back to uh, Noah's for a legendary night, one legendary. I'll never forget. And yeah. I, so I just want to say two things. One about why we got stopped was to paint the scene a little bit. Basically, it's May. It's hot. And you're in a full suit in the party bus. You were literally just blasting music. And as we'll say, we were, I remember coming off the party bus so sweaty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my tie was undone. My I was sweating buckets. My shirt was all disheveled and wrinkled. So it's not, not only did we smell like booze, but we looked. We looked like we had been drinking and partying all day. And yeah, the principal pulled us aside. And I remember sitting there thinking like, are we not getting into prom? <laughs> so what I'll try to do is I'll try to throw up a picture uh, on Instagram some, yeah, of are, prom because there are good pictures. My hair, like it gets in the sun, it gets frizzy. Man. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I remember from when I did it, like put the hairspray in product in it when we were at that pool party it was blowing up and yeah. i looked like fucking carrot top with brown hair yeah I, I really want to apologize to there were about 12 people in our grade 12 class that, that didn't get in that didn't come and the issue was that i asked my dad when i when i pitched the party to my dad my so my brothers and my sister they all had the like the gould house is a prom party yeah f- legend lore um and i asked i said i think i said i could he could i could have 250 people and so I had made this list. I love to hear that. Like, my dad allowed me to have 250 <laughs> people at our house. Like, this this episode must be the biggest, like, Chad and Brad yes. fucking podcast <laughs> episode. Holy shit. Like, shout out to that pregnancy podcast because those are the girls that labeled us as frat boys. That You guys were 100% right. <laughs> and you know what? I'm just not going to hide it. I'm just going to keep true to, to that persona. So I was allowed to have 250 and pretty much the entire day of prom all day all I was imagining was the worst things that can happen when I, whenever I throw a lot of parties whenever I throw a party the day of I'm so stressed out the entire day until about 10 p.m. when I'm a little bit when I'm a little bit inebriated and basically there were a few people who asked me in the the sensitive window between like 6 p.m. and 9 30 10 p.m. to them I said no because there were too many people and it was just unfortunate because anyone that asked me after 10 I realize there's literally no difference between 250 and 270. There's none at all. And it's just really unfortunate because I was stressed out. I didn't know, but I really wish they could have been there. Hey, maybe we can track them down and we can host a private party so the in next, the studio. The next progression of partying, prom is a big one. For some people, it's their first one. Yeah. But the next is, you know, grade, at the end of grade 12, you're 18. The next is when you become 19. And that's when... You're legal now. Now you're legal. Now you can go to bars and stuff. So I'd like to hear maybe about you, Bond. What was it like having... You are one of the earlier birthdays, and what was your initial experience when you were going to bars at a young age? So for me, I was pretty lucky. So I actually went to school in Ottawa. So right across the border, you can drink in Quebec at 18 years old. So right off the bat, I was able to go to Quebec and drink, which not a lot of universities kind of get that opportunity. So 
my parties were probably a lot different than other people's parties when you first enter university. University was very difficult for me to kind of meet new people. I'm not the most social person. So being able to kind of get in with a group of people, I got invited to go to uh, a bar in Quebec with some people. Strip club, obviously. <laughs> it actually was not a strip club. It was, I'm trying to remember the place. Of, I, we have been to that I strip club. I think it was called Le Bistro. It was in Gatineau. And uh, so we went there and ended up having some good time with some, pe- some people. And one of my first parties there, we ended up walking back from Quebec. Oh my goodness. To the dorms. It been, took uh, us about four hours. Oh my goodness. So hold on here. This we, is actually, this, I've, I don't think I've ever heard that part of the story before. So you, you have your accolade of biking across Canada. Yeah. You, Bond, have walked from one province to another. That's, <laughs> I, have, I think, just as cool. I have walked I think from one province to another. that's just as cool. Uh, yeah, and it was pretty wild. We were... So there's this there's this place on Carleton. It's the tallest uh, university campus building in Canada, actually. Uh, I honestly can't remember the name. tower. But we were... Kept, we, so we, were lo- we saw a... We thought we saw that building, so we were walking towards that building for like a good oh, hour and a half until we got close to it and realized that was absolutely not the fucking building just at all. Church. So it was just another tall building. So we went the wrong way, and that's why it took us so long. Uh, but we ended up... We ended up making it back. Uh, that was that was good, but that's kind of how I got in with some friends at that university, and uh, then kind of from there, just kind of progressed. And I found that 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 those first couple like party nights is what kind of made or break your friend group. You don't have to party to make friends, but that's the people that I did make friends with, and uh, that's almost like the easiest way to make friends. Yeah, so because when you're you're drunk, you're a lot more receptive and opening to to people. So yeah, so then my transition from that was like you go to Quebec all the time, and then you get to this weird spot the next year when I have an early birthday, so I turn nineteen early. A bunch of other people also turn nineteen early. But there's a bunch of people who turn nineteen late, so we didn't want to go to Quebec anymore because. What's Let's be point, honest, in Gatineau, going to the bar there is sketchy. Like, yeah. Gatineau's pretty sketch at night. <laughs> it's a rough area. Yeah. It's, it, it honestly is. So once you get there, you want to get out of there. So we, it, it, started, it became difficult to almost plan nights out with a bunch of friends because it's like, okay, all the 19-year-olds will go out in Ottawa, all the 18-year-olds out in Quebec, and we'll all like meet up afterwards at this, this guy's dorm room. <laughs> so that, that was kind of my partying. And then you go to bars, and then you end up having a few house parties, a few keggers, like all that stuff kind of classic university stuff it is funny though because there is that that year of legalization is a year where it's like at first there's one person who's 19 and they're not ever going to the bar and then there's two and three and then all of a sudden like you see the shift where at first being 19 isn't really an advantage to go out you can still buy booze which is cool but it socially you can't actually do it and then eventually being the last 18 year old you're the loser who like goes to pre-training <laughs> and then just doesn't go to the bar uh, and i think i think bond brings a good point because we're talking about university and college partying and that's not exclusive for people that are in university because i would say that's a general a, a general achievable event that even people that aren't in university they can still visit their friends there right so partying and res is did you did you party in res much so for me uh, when i turned 19 i was actually living in british columbia yeah and uh, so I didn't have too many friends out there. I had a few, and I think in the latter half of of my duration there, um, I went out a lot more with them. But when I turned nineteen, I remember having my first beer at a, um, a Red Robin Burger joint uh, on the on the rooftop patio. So that's a memorable. I had a picture of it. Maybe I'll post that too. <laughs> but uh, I, I so for me when I moved out there at being eighteen, I didn't know anybody. And it was hard for me to get booze. So like that, the whole year of my yeah, life, would like be tricky. Yeah, if you like have any 18, like that was tough to, to party. And so when I turned 19 though, I was able to finally have alcohol and, and stuff. So I remember carrying like literally t- like two, two fours, but in 12 packs f- from uh, an LCBO or sorry, BC liquor store all the way to uh, my basement apartment. And that's, that was like about an hour maybe an hour and a wow, half. Wow. That's actually, so that's actually me and my roommates in university. I lived in a house with four, four or three other dudes and we didn't have a car and the closest beer store was about a half hour walk you did it all and the, time, the bus man. didn't go like that direction. <laughs> so you literally had to walk with like two fours to go oh. there and back and it was brutal, but we'd all just like go together and carry these two fours back and your like arms legends. are just shot at the end. <laughs> like like you think like, oh, two four is not heavy. Like all it's that not, stuff. Okay, it until, until 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 like, minute yeah. twenty one. Because that's the thing. And you're like, it's not Jesus. heavy. 
It's it's like how long can and you hold the this handles weight? on the two fours break and like so now you got to find a new way to carry it so you put it on your shoulder yeah. and all this shit and like it's it's not easy. University's a struggle to to boot. <laughs> yeah, and so for me, like I I didn't I went to college later on, um, but for me my like that era I was visiting Noah and Adam. Um, a whole lot. Uh, well, I visited Bond, I think, twice. You we came were, up You came up about a couple times. We were, a couple maybe, times. We were twice, I think. I think maybe, three or four. Maybe three or four times in, in Ottawa. Uh, I love Ottawa. That's that's a beautiful city. Oh, really like Shout uh, out to Ottawa. I love yeah, Ottawa. We, we had a great time, but most frequent I'd be at Guelph. And, uh, you were I coming mean, up fuck, weekly at some point. I, like twice a week. There was a yeah. point where I was actually going to move into their house. <laughs> we literally almost had that move into our house. And I didn't even go to that school. Like, and I, was, I was working at <laughs> you this were gonna point. You were going to commute. And I was going to commute. work, yeah. Uh, 45 so, minutes. So, anyways, that, <laughs> that would be my take on it. And I think we could probably do a whole other podcast on literally just my stories yeah. from visiting you and visiting you guys because I, I think that when I don't know I don't want to sound cocky but when I came up I like to add a little bit of flair <laughs> to each night I mean there's you were a popular times. you were a popular guy when yeah. you came up I like I made and I and I'm glad I did it because at first it was awkward like I knew you but you had friends right so you had a routine of going out with these people but I I ended up making friends and getting close with people from all different parts and I think that was really cool. Um, and a lot of them, you know, like not that I talk to them, but I still have interactions over social media yeah. and, and you know, they're, they're not gone out of my life. So I think that's kind of cool. It was always um, nice when you'd come up to Ottawa because it gave me, me an excuse to throw a party at my house. Yeah. Which my roommates always weren't the biggest fans of. Yeah. But, uh, I, liked your I, I always liked throwing parties. We had a very, very small townhouse, just an absolute dump. <laughs> beside a crack house. Literally beside a crack house. We actually, <laughs> we actually weren't allowed to touch things outside our house. And that was orders really? from the city of Ottawa. Because there would be like needles like sticking out of shit. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it man. was like it was a pretty. I sketchy... remember I was daring myself to touch the handle, and everyone would not let me do it. <laughs> so yeah, there was I'm a glad lot of, I didn't. There's a lot of stories there, but it was nice being able to throw parties from our house every once in a while. So I always enjoyed when you came up. So I guess for me, I took a year off of university. Yeah. And it's kind of funny when I think of why I picked the school that I went to, because basically in my year off, I just visited friends that were already at school. And oh. And I pretty much just, the people that I visited, I just partied with them. And that's how I decided where I wanted to go. I went to Guelph and I really liked partying there. But I was 19 in my first year. So from that point on, as soon as I turned 19, I was going to the bar four nights a week. And that pattern. Sometimes you still are. Well, that pattern of partying, I maintained for five years at Guelph. And that's that's the, the really noticeable transition is when you go from you know, looking for house parties and stuff to literally always going to the bar and always going to the clubs and being out and about to do that. And then all of a sudden you end up in a weird place where you don't really want to go to the bar and the club anymore. So absolutely. Well, that, that place hit me in Ottawa pretty quickly. Uh, one of the main reasons was cold. Well, Ottawa's cold, but you kind of, the alcohol gives you a bit of a blanket. Mm -hmm. So you're pretty okay. But, uh, it's actually so most other bars like Noah, I would go down to Guelph to visit you, and you guys have drink specials like dollar oh, beers, yeah. all that stuff. Ottawa doesn't have that because yeah. Ottawa's a city. Ottawa's not a university city, so there's no drink deals any night. Seven dollars. So drink. you're not only seven; it's also hiked up because it's a city. So yeah. if you're going to the bar, like it's it's not going to be a cheap night for you. You're like you're not going there with ten dollars and getting ten beers. Like you're going there with ten dollars <laughs> and you can't even buy your one beer because the bartender's <laughs> not giving it to you until you pay him a five dollar tip on yeah. top of the fucking nine dollar <laughs> beer. So. That, that kind of, uh, in Limits Ottawa, we, we actually limited how much we went to the bar in Ottawa. We went to a lot more house parties and I, that I think accustomed me to, I've never really been that big of a fan of going to clubs or bars so like that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I've always kind of preferred house parties with intimate people, mainly because I don't like meeting new people. I really like the people I already am around. Yeah. So that, that's something for me. And I think that's a great point because I'd like to actually bring it into where we are now. Yeah. Um, and for me, uh, you know, I, when I was visiting you guys, yeah, I love the bar. Like, I love going out. And it also has a lot to do with your relationship status. Yep. If you're um, searching for somebody or if you're with somebody, that, that alters uh, where you prefer to go. And and I when I was visiting you guys, you know, I'm in and out of relationships and stuff. So you got a taste of relationship, Maddie, and single Maddie. seen it all. So you've seen it all. And um, where I'm at now, it's funny because um, with my girlfriend – uh, her her sister and her 
sister's boyfriend lived downtown Toronto. So for me, I've never been the biggest club guy, but when we first started dating, you know, we'd go down there a lot and we'd go to different clubs and bars and stuff. And that kind of opened my mind to how much fun like different places can be, but it's really allowed me to learn what kind of places I like and truly don't like because I've experienced it. I'd say like pretty much all of it now, Um, you know, from dingy bars to upscale bars to clubs where it's, you know, sex on the dance floor, like to just lay back like clubs. So I think for me now, I love having beers with my friends and drinks with my friends. I like more intimate settings. I like the bar in the sense of like, let's all go grab a booth and like just order beers on beers and shoot the shit. Like for the single people, that still allows an environment to go mingle on the dance floor or go mingle with the other crowd. But at least like for the people who are just there for the company of their friends, they can relax. Um, and I, I think that's where I'm at now where it's like, is that, is that necessarily considered partying though? Like, I think is, it's still partying. Like you're still out there like, with I your think friends, like, like partying. Just partying because... is a celebration, right? And, exactly. I'm, and I'm celebrating that you guys are celebrating a friendship, celebrating life, like that kind of stuff. So I think um, that's where my party, I'm like, I'm a low key partying. Like I, I think I'm on the same page as you where I don't necessarily want to go to the club. I don't want to go to like these busy bars. Like, yeah, I'd go to bars with friends and have a few drinks. But at the end of the day, like an ideal night for me now is like, let's go to the bar for a couple of drinks or let's go to the bowling alley. Hit, knock down some pins, maybe crush a couple beers, uh, and Uber home. Obviously, no one's driving. Or to top it all off, a so nice board. So I love a good board game night. I'm not. I'm gonna come out there and say it right off the bat. I love a great board game night. Everyone has a couple drinks in them. We're all having some fun. Uh, wow. Maybe a bachelor bachelorette party here and there, as in like the show, that, not actually oh, going to one. That's another thing I like to say. I don't know. Have you guys been to many bachelor bachelorette? Parties? I have never been to one. I will be going to one this summer. I've been to one. Um, Actually, okay, maybe we'll save it then for after you're you're you never been to one. Okay, so then we'll we'll talk about it another time when, yeah, maybe after the after summer my experience, I experienced my first bachelor party. Yeah, that's yeah, I my, I went to my first bachelor party um, in April uh, last Lakes. year. Now Noah, what's your partying looking like now? <laughs> so this is it's it's so, it's so interesting because I totally understand how people go from wanting to party a lot to not, but they're they're almost they're almost to me aren't really any criteria that are generalizable across the board because I what you would both say is that now that you have girlfriends you're less in, inclined to want to go out but I I still know people who have who are in relationships and they still like to go out to, to the bars and the clubs but for me I would say my actual the framework of my evenings has not necessarily changed in the sense that I still like going to the bar and I still like going to the club and I usually would actually take a night going out versus a night staying in. But as you said, that's because for me, I'm very socially inclined. So I love meeting new people. I love the opportunity to meet new people. And uh, it's it's so funny because I've, I've had a couple tough nights in the last year. And when you're, when you're 19, 20, and maybe you overindulge, it's okay. You're a young kid. You're just figuring it out. And you kind of in the back of your mind, you think, well, this won't happen when I'm 24. And then all of a sudden you see yourself at 24 and you go, wow, this is still happening. And some people never stop that behavior and that they, they'll overindulge their entire life. And maybe it's good or bad. It's not necessarily wrong. But uh, yeah, I'm still, if you're talking about the degree of send that I'm looking to achieve on any given night, I like going out. Which is funny considering for the last two months you've um, done for a portion of the month uh, a dry. I've done six a, weeks a, dry, yeah. A dry month. So six weeks total meaning that there's two weeks which happened at the end of January and the end of February. Wow, we call this the end of February? Yeah. Yes. Oh. So <laughs> that's actually another thing we can address. So you failed dry February. Yep. Um, okay. Okay, just as long as it's admitted and on the podcast, that's all yes, that matters. Yes, that's what I say. Yeah. So next time, when are you going to do dry March? Next year? No, this year. This year, no, 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 no. You will be drinking all of March. I'll be drinking the rest of February and the rest of March. Yeah. So March first to March thirty (laughs) first. Yeah. That's what that's what it means, Matt. Yeah. It's it's wet March. Just making sure. I don't know. Maybe at the last week. Yeah. When they talk about April showers bring May flowers, dry February brings wet March. Okay. Good. So did you guys have anything else you wanted to touch on on the party scene or? uh... I I think no. I think uh, I capped it off. You're still a notorious party goer. Yep. Bon and I a little bit more lay low. Uh-uh. Maybe just ask, where are people at in their lives in terms of partying? So Some great party stories. We I love also, party stories. I also want to, and I think people can relate to this who know Noah. 
Um, as someone who I've partied with Noah in my fair share of times, I've gone to visit Noah at universities, Matt, as of you. Yeah. I've been in scenarios where Noah's invited me to a party and I've gone with him. And it's one of the worst decisions you can make. <laughs> not only does Noah truly like to meet new people, he hates being with the people he already knows when he's drunk. And that's just as honest as you can be. Like, if you're with Noah when he's drinking, it means that he doesn't like you. And you can only say that because, well, maybe not. Maybe he just hates me. I don't know. But, like, whenever I think anyone is drinking with Noah, you know that he's going to be gone for the majority of the night because he has to go meet new people or see old people that he has not uh, got the chance to talk to <laughs> yeah. in about 25 years. So that was that was a tough thing for me when going up to Guelph because I had, we had two friends, you and Adam, who were there. But most part, partly I would be in uh, conversation with Adam about going out because I knew talking to Noah would be pointless. Useless, yeah. Because I would tell, hey, like, Adam, are you going out tonight? Adam would say, like, no. And then I'd message Noah, Noah, are you going out tonight? And he's obviously going out. <laughs> but then I, then I have to ask myself, do I want to go up there to essentially go to the bar myself? Like, I, at this point in time, I would know people, so I would feel comfortable going with Noah and then diverging. And I probably would run into somebody, but what if you don't? And uh, <laughs> that was kind of always my main concern. And then, the, and later on, Adam was done, and you were still you were still trying to get it out of there. And I would solely be messaging Noah to go up there, and it turned out okay. But that was maybe maybe when you've already met everybody in Guelph. So, so I have two two comments to say. One, everything you said, Bond, was a hundred percent accurate. Absolutely. And I don't know what it is when I start drinking. If I'm with you beforehand, if you're we're, out, if you're we're being together, it's something comes over my mind where I start to think I hate you, and I don't know why it the is that fuck? way. Yeah, it's like I don't like this person at all. I need to get away from them. But the reality is, I don't. Hate, I love you. I love. I love. I love the people I'm with. So the tip I have for anyone, I say, if you want to talk to me at a at an event at a party, don't come to the party with me. That's the only. Yeah, way you I think talk that's a me. good tip. I think that's great advice. I mean, I can speak out of pretty uh, pretty amazing experience that at the time I needed you most when I was yeah. intoxicated in your hometown uh, you were off meeting new people and that's, I mean I, I can't blame you though that's not what I was doing you were actually out there buying food I was <laughs> I was leaving the bar because at the time I had a girlfriend and my routine was get really drunk and then just go home and call my girlfriend and tell them I love her I'm actually and I'm making this sound this is on you none of this is on you no. whatsoever no, I mean, most of it's on you everything yeah. that happened I think I'll tell the story on the podcast one day but uh, everything that happened that night I honestly think was nobody's fault at any point in time. Maybe my own, but uh, wrong yeah. place, wrong time. I think in terms of partying, we've covered everything. As far as stories of when we're drunk, like I've got a shit ton to tell. They'll probably come out uh, over time. And yeah. I think they'll come out over time, so stay with us. Uh, or maybe, <laughs> honestly, we'll just have a, a podcast. Just drunk stories. Just drunk stories. I think that, um, that podcast, we need to be like drunk. drunk like drunk. <laughs> I, yeah, fair enough. We always have a couple beers, but that night we have, that's a, couple gonna be a, that, have a couple more. You know what? Maybe that'll be our next live event. Get drunk with the three guys while they tell oh, drunk stories. That actually would be a fun live event. Three guys around a bonfire. That actually would be a really fun event. I like that. Wow, stay tuned. Details stay tuned. are that. Wow, this is coming out. So, uh, so the only other thing is that I put up an Instagram poll today. Noah, you actually had something to say first. Yeah, I just want to defend myself one more time here. So I'm a bad person to go with like, yeah you absolutely you don't want I'm not saying you're a bad friend no no you don't want to be my guest at a party yeah but the inverse of that is I make a fantastic guest at a party if you want to bring me you don't have to worry about me I'll do my own thing you don't have to talk to me I'll, I would say that's I'll have a really good time yeah. absolutely you will have a great time and you are a, probably a great guest to have as a last minute uh, show up thank you just don't go anywhere with yeah, you yeah don't be my guest yeah 100% so I put up an Instagram poll earlier uh, asking, we've, we've had a couple old segments that kind of came and gone, and we want to bring them back to stay or not to stay. So I asked, uh, what would people rather hear? A pet peeve of the week or a funny news story of the week? And what is it at? Uh, news story was winning. If you want your voice heard, <laughs> make sure you vote. That poll is going to be gone by the time. Uh, so it's I was up. keeping track of that, and I did prepare a funny news story. So, oh, I also have funny new, one funny news mine's story. actually I have not, a funny news story mine's actually not funny at all really i'd love sad. to hear yours first then uh it's only funny because of why they did it so basically the story is um this man his name is mad mike he's a daredevil he's also a very popular flat earther believer Ooh, i love flat earth so he's a dare daredevil and 
as you guys might not know, I'm also a flat earth uh, believer. But it's not even a believer. It's just that's what it is. That's just what it is. Yeah, it's not a believer. And so he uh, launched a rocket, a self-made steam rocket, uh, about three, three and a half thousand feet into the air um, to prove that the earth was flat. <laughs> Did he prove it? <laughs> he died from it. No. So that's why it's kind of sad. Oh, that's it, very sad. Uh, Poor guy. Wait a minute. But it's... See, you're laughing because that's why it's a funny news story before, but then when you learn he's dead, it's not that funny. Ooh, okay. Uh, but so R.I.P. Mad Mike. Um, I'm sorry to say, the forehead is not flat. Uh, is it not? I thought you were a flat earther, Matt. I am. Okay. But I know it's not. I'm just trying to make the world flat. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm the opposite. So, so wait, did he prove his experiment though? Or did it how 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 did one prove something if they're dead? What was the aim of his So basically I think his aim was he was gonna launch very high up into the air and he would he would see like so high to the point that he would reach almost you know the, the atmosphere. He would see that it's flat like a table. Exactly. And so but as we know from videos and stuff, when you when you get to that atmosphere level, you can actually see the, curvature, the, curve, the yeah. curvature of the earth. And so I think that was his point to document it. Um, it was put on by Discovery Science or something like that, I think. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me. Um, and you can see footage, not of him dying, but about his his launch and stuff. But unfortunately, he did pass from this. He did a 1,500-foot or 2,000-foot uh, rocket before. And people were chirping him saying, that's not even a rocket. Like, you can't prove anything from that. And he said, you know, I'm out to prove it. I'm a daredevil. I got to do this. He was scared in the morning. He did it, and uh, God what, bless his soul. What I will say is this is something that I hope that we can all do is die for what you believe in. That's, I think, the the ultimate message out of yeah, that. Yeah. Die doing what you believe in and what makes you happy. I will say in New Zealand, I've been in New Zealand, um, the earth is very round down there. You can literally, like, even even from a distance of your house, they have to make their houses round because it's extra round in New Zealand. Oh, okay, perfect. Lumpy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, sorry, yeah. If, if you thought that was a funny news story, you're a sick fuck. Yes. Bon, what's your funny story? Uh, I'd like Noah to go first, and I'll just wrap it up. There's my, no way my, Noah has a funny story. Do you so, have a funny so story? So that's the funny thing. Both of you are absolutely right. I don't have a funny story. Okay, yeah. perfect. So mine is just a last-minute tip for males. Apparently a new study's come out that junk food lowers your sperm count. So uh, be careful out there, gentlemen. Same with Mountain Dew. So at the end of the day, this has been three guys. In a pool shed. <laughs>